you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Ever wonder what it might be like to captain some of the greatest warships of World War II? Then you should check out World of Warships, the free-to-play historical online combat game from Wargaming. Download War of Warships for free today at commandwarships.com to begin your naval adventure. Make sure you enter the code FANTASY17 in all caps when you download to get a ton of bonus content courtesy of NFL Fantasy Live. That includes a free premium ship, the famous cruiser Aurora, and a pile of in-game currency to help jumpstart your epic World War II naval experience. Just download World of Warships today at commandwarships.com and start playing today. Fantasy freaks and geeks, what's up? We welcome you into the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. James Coe here with you. Oh my goodness, we've got a great show in front of us here today and a great cast of characters as we always do. we got the WizKid from Wisconsin, Alex Gelhar. What's going on? Ready for week eight, baby. Bring it on. You know, I, I'm surprised that you're actually slumming it with us here on the podcast after just being so famous yesterday. That's a great point. Yeah. On the television. Nice of you. That's a, yeah, thanks yeah. for coming down here with yeah. the people. We're humbled. Well, it was really just a uh, a guest spot. I'm not a recurring character, so don't, don't play it down, bro. They got a, they play hooked, it up. They hooked a big fish like me for uh, you know, right. an episode, and yeah. then okay, now I'm gone. Okay, I'm pretty surprised you Sent didn't you. shave your face beforehand. Nah, I was being lazy. Okay, there you go. And I'm I'm sticking with it for now. That's okay. a good look. Yeah. I still want you to go into the the goatee, just the chin and the mustache. Mm, oh, that's what I'm not you, that's what you want. Why? Harmon? Yeah, that's what I think you want? I think he'd look cool. good because I think one, I'm not uh, a dad. Here's two, what I, I don't live in the Midwest. <laughs> here's so. what I want what you, you to do with your what, facial hair. What do you hair? mean you're not a dad? You are basically a dad. I'm uh, not by, technically by, a dad. By, by, pers- by all things except having the child, you are a father, and you are from the Midwest. That's true, but I don't live there. But you're, you Harman, should just accept it. You're, you're more of a dad because you have Charlie, who's your son. That's true. Well, okay. that doesn't really make a lot of sense. All right. We've got Matt Harmon here as well. Let's yeah, go ahead. Uh, clearly, I'm here. <laughs> I've already made uh, my presence known. Hi. Franchise, what's going on, man? Hey, man. I'm feeling good about sports lately. Sports. We had that awesome Monday night game, Eagles-Redskins, and then the World Series is just lit right now. Oh, so. my God. Both yeah. games have just been awesome. So good. It's going to awesome. be a great World Series. All right, even great. I enjoyed the World Series game last night. <laughs> even I, even I enjoyed it. Very sad. Producer Chris, what's going on? What's up? And then Lonzo Ball versus John Wall last night. That, that was, was good. Fun. Overtime. Yeah. That was good. I yeah. had to, I had to watch the the highlights on that one. That was alright. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, I mean, it's going on at the same time as the World Series. It's pretty tough. Yeah. It's, it's tough. tough. Tough to catch all these things all at one time. Uh, we will get to every damn game today. We're going to introduce a little something called NGS to you folks out there. It's next gen stats. Uh, we've got exclusive content. I don't feel like we featured enough. We're going to start doing that on the podcast moving forward. we got your deep sleepers here for today. We have trade calls, and we've got players to drop, but we start your show as we always do with your top headlines. I don't read the news because I'm a kid. <laughs> news. The whistles go, woo. Uh, six news. teams on a bye. Arizona, Green Bay, Jacksonville, the Rams, Matt Harmon's Rams, 
My Rams. The New York Jet the New York Giants rather. And the Tennessee Titans. But we shall start in Pittsburgh. Martavis Bryant has been benched by the Steelers. Trade rumors swirling. He was suspended to start the year, remember. Uh, camp comes back. Uh, rocky start with Ben Roethlisberger, who called him out in the media for no reason. Started to complain about his usage in that offense. His agent then demanded a trade. He got into some social media beefs with some random people. Don't know why. <laughs> then he missed a Monday meeting this week. He said he was sick, and he was at the doctor's. All while Juju's bike got stolen. Oh, the, oh my God. <laughs> that, that is like the, 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 the feel good story of the week. <laughs> yeah, for real. Oh Juju's become God. a Twitter superstar this week. He has. He has. And, 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 and for no reason other than just, he's just there. He's I, just being himself. He's just, I mean, it's not like he's gotten into a crossfire with Martavis. It's just, he's just there. He said, he said absolutely nothing yeah. in this whole deal. Which is kind of like what you're supposed to do. Yes. Yeah. Very smart of him. At 20 years old. Pretty smart. So, I don't th- – here's my – I have a, actually a lot of Please. thoughts on this situation. One, uh, Roto World put out a blurb yesterday that started with the words, Big Ben says, I need to get the ball to Martavis more. And I was like, I immediately gave that zero validity as soon as the words zero. Big Ben says. Because right. then, you know, a couple hours later, he's on the bench, predictably. Right. So, I'm not listening to anything that Big Ben says anymore. Haven't been for the last three years. I don't think Martavis ends up getting traded. Uh, they the Steelers even said we have put too much effort into trying to get this get this guy right to to just unload him like that. They're invested in him, but if he does get traded, I'm already going to take the under on the fantasy impact from that. Oh, interesting. Uh, and I think much more words will be spilled over the trade than you know points <laughs> for fantasy will come from. Hundred percent. I was going to say at all. Hundred percent. Wow. All of this is fine, but like. Who cares for fantasy? What about if he goes to Buffalo? Here's here's how don't many don't care don't care under what I, I will Seriously. take I will take the under on whatever Man. you want to put on it. Okay, I mean here's how many times he's had more than three catches this year. One. Here's how many times he's had more than fifty yards receiving this year. One. Here's okay. how many touchdowns he scored this year. One. All was in one game. All of that. <laughs> well, well, he, no, he had five for twenty-one oh, in a different excuse game. Me. The touchdown and uh, game was three catches, ninety-one yards. That was right. That was three unfortunate. Like, you guys are the same people that in the offseason, I'm like, dude, should we be worried about Martavis Bryant because he's never done it before in his career? And you're, everyone in this room was like, no, of course he's amazing. He's an alien. You got to go area fifty-one. Do all these things. And now we're saying we're taking the under if he goes to. I mean, things, what? Things have changed, man. Yeah, and you have to. Uh, you have to adjust perceptions of what's happening in real life. And we have a seven-game sample size of him now producing and he's got all these issues off the field it's like yes yeah it's not even that he's not producing on the field which I know that sounds strange like that's the least that I'm worried thing I'm worried about but like wide receivers changing teams is always a dicey bet I mean who who's like you know I would say like Pierre Garçon is like the guy who changed teams this offseason is doing the best like Alshon Jeffrey's taking a while to get used to Carson Wentz who's on fire and Terrell and, Pryor's and getting benched Terrell Pryor's oh. getting benched I mean and this isn't just this God, year either this so like bad. this always happens Sammy with Watkins. wide yeah Sammy Watkins another example a guy that came over late I mean Jordan Matthews in Buffalo like again this not, it's not just a this year thing it's a historical trend of like wide receivers changing teams don't just dive right in. There's a lot that goes into it. Not to mention this is a guy that has no career momentum. He's still rusty coming off of a suspended year. He's also just like 
Yeah, he's. A, I think he's a really good player, but he's not like an elite number right. one receiver that's just going to come in and and get tunneled and far t- gets get uh, targets funneled in, to him. In the offseason, the benefit was he was coming back to the system and team he's known the whole yeah. time that yeah. he has produced with. Sure. If you're taking a guy who's having struggles right now on and off the field and putting him in a new team, like no, thank you. Yeah, and who's like, who's going to trade for him? That's that's another thing. I don't, I don't see any team just lining up to give anything more. You know, then like a probably a day three pick. I mean, nobody's going to send a, a second rounder. A, no, probably not even a third rounder no. for this guy. And at that point, if you're Pittsburgh, like, what's the what's the point? You know, what's the point on cashing out unless you just unless the guy is just so 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 toxic, which I don't think he. I you know, again, I have no idea, but just assuming, I don't think he is. I'm sure, like, he's a guy that struggled with like mental health issues, that sort yeah. of stuff. Like, I think they're just they're still invested in trying to get him right. By yeah. the way, poor franchise over here has been quiet this entire time. <laughs> right. just, just I just, want, Mar- I just want Martavis to return. Uh, Mike Tomlin said like they've invested so much in him since he's been drafted, and right. all, he was suspended for the whole year. They don't want to trade him. I don't know if I believe that fully, but yeah, I don't it's either. just crappy because you drafted Martavis Bryant in fantasy in like, probably the fifth or sixth round. Sure. That's where I got him, so he's just burning a hole in your bench at this point. Do you drop him? Yeah, I think you can drop him in a 10-team league, yeah. Yeah, he's okay. not. He's going to be inactive this week. Yeah, I know it's crazy. Practice squad right now, yeah. which is just what? Yeah, I mean, it's craziness. All right, how high are we on Juju Smith-Schuster though? He's in concussion protocol right now, but yeah, but practiced in full yesterday, so it looks like he's on track to play. I I like him. Go pick him up if he's available. He's a, he's a he's a good player. He's doing fi- doing fine for them, but like, the, where are the targets going to come yeah. from? Yeah, well, it, it, it's like, funnel to Antonio Brown as and of Bell. as of like a week ago. I wrote this in one of the matchups columns. Like Brown and Bell over a certain span of time were receiving like fifty five to sixty percent mm-hmm. of all the team targets. Yeah, Crazy. that leaves very few left over for anybody, and it's just like. Unless they open up the offense a little bit, they're they're giving Bell thirty five touches a game. That like we you can't trust an ancillary receiver who's going to get three targets a game. But yeah. in a week where yeah. six teams on by, if you need a flex guy, I can see if you want to roll Juju in sure. your lineup. Sure, if he plays. These next two weeks might be decent because there are six teams on by this week and again next week. Right. Yeah. Oh boy. I think if this was the Pittsburgh offense of old, we'd hundred percent yes. be interested yes, in, yes, yes. in in like a, a ancillary piece, as Galhar mm-hmm. said. I, I was a little disappointed to see. I guess they want to get him working on the outside more. Like, he was a guy who was playing 83% of his snaps in the slot, like in Jacksonville, uh, during that big blowout loss. But then the last two games, he's been at about 45 57%. Uh, I think he's a better player inside. I'd like to see yeah. them keep him there. Yeah, I think so. And that seems to, I don't know, it seems to suit the offense right now because, you know, as you mentioned, Big Ben is having a lot of struggles <clears throat> throwing deep downfield. So, um, yeah, I mean, I get what you guys are saying. You know, he's not going to get that many looks. But even if he gets four or five high-quality looks in this offense, and I know Pittsburgh has been not as good as advertised, but still overall a pretty good offense. No, it is. But I mean, the trouble it's not that they're a bad offense. The trouble is they just funnel so much of it through their two mm-hmm. truly elite players. Like, I mean, very easily you can make the argument that they're the best running back and wide receiver yeah. in the league. I mean, you're right. I mean, between, uh, you know, Bell and Brown, I mean, that's, what, 50? Uh, 50 targets or touches or whatever it is. Yeah, right? a week and like they're, they, they're getting and they're getting <laughs> they're getting far and away the lion's share right. near the red zone and the goal line as well. Yeah. That is worth wondering. Like I do think he could be a good red zone receiver. I mean, doesn't he have three touchdowns already? He does he have does, three touchdowns. Yeah, so here. That, yeah, I, I just I don't think he has like a good like predictable floor. But That's he the has a, a Somewhat of a ceiling. Sure. Okay. There you go. Um. All right. So Joe Mixon complained about his second half usage in week seven after going. For seven carries for 48 yards in the first half, he did not receive a single carry 
in the second half. Did see two targets in the second half, though, in the past game. All right, so let me ask you this, uh, Alex Gilhar. I see you shaking your head. You were talking about this actually on Monday's podcast. But yeah. is this a, a situation where the the squeaky wheel gets the gets the grease here in a week eight matchup against Indianapolis? <laughs> I would love to hope so, but what's probably going to happen is the squeaky wheel is going to get Jeremy Hill starting and getting four carries ahead of him again, just because that quote unquote <laughs> helps him see the game better or whatever that crap just, was from here. What was the quote? Do you remember? It, no. It, no, I think that was about it. Yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. Well, they were like, like why that. are you starting Jerry? Somebody asked Hugh Jackson, why are you starting uh, – or not Hugh, uh, Marvin Lewis, why Marvin are you Lewis. starting – I mean, same difference. Why are you <laughs> starting Jeremy Hill over Joe Mixon? He's like, we think that helps Joe see the game better. I'm like, what? What? That he's not even make, in the game. That literally sense. makes no sense. <laughs> Wait, I couldn't – Literally – I think no. I think I did like a spit take at my desk <laughs> when I saw that come through. So I don't know. I would hope so. I still think I know Harmon's against it, but Ju- uh, Joe Mixon is clearly the the most effective back in this backfield. Yeah. Um. He he needs to get more touches. This could it's a be great a good matchup. Man. This could be a good yes. spot. I mean, they they should the Bengals should win this game. I think they're like from our uh, friends in the desert. They're like close to a double digit favorite over them at home. So that would also paint mm. it into a game script where Joe Mixon could maybe get a bunch of carries in the second half as opposed to none. But I don't know. It's a, it's a dicey proposition. I think you ha- you still can flex him this week with so many teams on by and, and chase that upside. But you also know that Jeremy Hill could come in and get seven carries again and yeah. ruin, <laughs> for 18 yards and ruin everything. I've got a good feeling about Joe Mixon this you week, do? man. Yeah. I mean, I'm not I'm – I not wish a, I could buy in. But no, every, every time I see 32 out there, I, I just get, get mad. I get mad IRL. You know, I, I it's a situation, too, where the the – the narrative in the media is starting to build for Joe Mixon to get more playing time as well. Um, you know, the coaching staff has got to hear that, man. Uh, I just and, – and, again, I'm sure they're going to look at the <clears throat> the stat sheet too and be like, wow, he really got zero carries in the second half? That's kind of well, weird. I mean, Cincinnati's offense only had 19 yards in the second half yeah. against the Steelers last week. So, oh, I don't think God. it was like – And they only hey, ran 50 plays or something, right? It was – yeah, it was terrible because yeah. Andy Dalton's getting sacked and throwing picks. And They I, had two I, they had two bad luck picks, though, because the one – That's true. The one was tipped and went to a guy, and then the other one uh, – who is it? Uh, uh, what's Joe Hayden scooped it up off of AJ Green's back? Yes, like, yes, just, like, yes. It was a bad luck pick. But yeah, but that that also takes the air and it was two away. three and outs, two picks. It was it was bad. It's not like they were like, hey, we need to like take the ball out of Joe Mixon's hands. They True. just couldn't get anything going right. overall. Makes sense. And I, and uh, in the games leading up to this, he had been the primary back playing more snaps than Hill and Bernard getting you know, 15, 20 carries a game. So I think this is just a weird game script. And uh, Marvin Lewis was like, oh, he needs to show more maturity and not talk about yeah, how that, many that carries Yeah, that part was weird. I know Harmon like, has something bro, to say, but, like, on. real quick, Jeremy Hill's averaging 3.2 yards per carry this year. Well, get him, get him out of here. Sounds Joe Mixon also averaging 3.2 yards per carry this year. So uh, that's my point in all this is that I don't think Joe Mixon's, like, done anything to force their hand. You know, like theoretically, yeah, he's the most talented back, but who cares? He hasn't played. He hasn't played to a level this season, in my, in my opinion, at least, where he just like it needs to get the ball behind a, an offensive line that's one of the worst run blocking units in the NFL. I mean, we'll talk about that later. Uh, but like, yeah, it's just to me, I don't see a situation where like 
you know what's going to fix all of our offensive problems right now? Like giving the ball 20 times to this rookie because they've yeah. done that before in, in this season and the results were 18 carries for 62 yards and 17 carries for 29 yards against the Browns. So, oh. and, and then if you got the Browns 50, do have a sneaky good run defense. That is a, that's a good point. Yeah. I'm not trying to discredit the Browns oh, like here, but still you got to average. the hell down out of everybody. Yeah, yeah. you've got to still average more than 1.7 yards per but carry if you, you want to. He averaged 6.9 <laughs> yards per carry last week, 48 yards on seven attempts. Yeah, because he's seeing seven attempts. It's just my point in that is like, yeah, he's been a nice like change of pace occasionally, but he has not done anything as a feature back. And and I think as a rookie, you've got to give the team a reason to, to give you the ball, and he's not done that. He, he's had better plays though. He's shown burst. He's yeah, like that he's green, had that some green splash Bay, runs. That Green Bay game, uh, like he had some good runs in that game, and he had some nice yards of the catch. He did, he had three for thirty nine through the air in that game as well. Like he's a complete back, and he at least has when he touches the football the ability to gain extra yards, which. Right. Jeremy Hill does not. Yeah, right. I don't know. Just like I said, it's just to me. I don't. I think everybody like he. Le- Joe Mixon basically leads the league right now in this is the week weeks for for a player in, <laughs> in fantasy. So I guess I'm like, I fine. If you want to buy low on Joe Mixon, I, I'm not. I'm not against yeah. that idea at all. But I just don't see. Uh, like I'm. I'm with you that he ha- he needs to perform more. But like, who who else are they going to go to in yeah. that team? Like, right. Like, yeah, he hasn't performed amazingly or as much as you would have hoped for his draft stock, but how about Gio Bernard? Yeah, I was going to say, I think they just go, what they need to do is be just an up to, I don't know what their passing play percentage is off the top of my head, but I don't even think they need to bother, like, trying to pound the ball 18 carries with, with a with a Joe Mixon or with anybody else on that team. Because Well, it would make sense because they got a pretty good defense. So they, I think I actually think their best chance of winning is actually keeping it pretty low scoring. Yeah, their, their, their problem is, like I said, they just – they can't run the ball. Like yeah. they got to go up tempo, quick pass, and get there. Right. Which is where, when they've been effective offensively this year, that's what they've done. I don't know. I mean, I haven't seen, I haven't seen every single Bengals game, but the Bengals games that I have seen, though, I mean, we talk about Joe. I think you're right. Joe Mixon is the most well-rounded back because he can run and he can catch. Yeah, and he's got a little juice in, in both areas, mm-hmm. but. I don't know, man. I I just when I watch these games, I'm like, oh, Gio Bernard actually looks pretty damn good out there. Yeah. I wouldn't I I wouldn't be uh, I wouldn't be diametrically opposed to them just saying, hey, listen, Gio is going to be the guy. Um, if it's a, some kind of combination between Gio and Mixon, and maybe just yeah. completely force. I just out want them to give us somebody. Don't just give us. Give us don't give us right. this three exactly three headed right. trash heap you're giving that us. That, exactly that right. fantasy players can't anybody. use anything. That's like, a very good point. Feature Joe Mixon. Feature Gio Bernard. I don't care. Just right. don't, don't feature Jeremy Hill, please. <laughs> I was going to say, be careful what you wish for. You want him to give you somebody. Right. Exactly. Terrell Pryor sent to the bench in favor of Josh Doxson. Doxon played 84% of the team's snaps on Monday, prior just 47%. Uh, despite playing 84% of the team's snaps, though, five targets for Josh Doxon, three receptions, 39 yards. So the production clearly wasn't there yet. But the snap share, man, I mean, it's swinging. If there's any takeaway anyways, it's you can't play Terrell Pryor, I think, moving forward. Does anyone disagree with that? No, no. I mean, he's pretty much been, again, uh, realistically uh, replaced by Josh Doxson, but I'd love to get into uh, where we view kind of Josh Doxson because here's a, here's a rookie, big physical guy. Second year. Uh, yeah, he, oh. you said rookie, but he missed, like, almost the entirety of his rookie uh, Second year guy that is a, a big physical presence out there, uh, a clear touchdown, seemingly a great red zone target, mm-hmm. but – I just doesn't really get that many looks in this offense. I, I guess I want to know what you guys think of Josh Doxson as a fantasy prospect. I love him as a player, but fa- like we just can't we can't trust wide receivers in this offense. Yeah, they spread the yeah. ball around way too much, and it's working for them. They're not going to turn and 
funnel the targets to one wide receiver. Like, I think Terrell Pryor might be the only wide receiver on that team that has had double-digit targets in a game, and he yeah, had it once. Week one, right? I mean, Chris, week one. Chris Thompson is their lead receiver still, I believe. So, so uh, in terms of yards, yeah, yeah, in terms of yardage, yeah. So, right. uh, and yeah, maybe Josh Josh Doxson's role is growing, and you stash him on the bench. But I don't think because of what happened Monday night, you automatically are like, oh, Josh Doxson is the guy now, and you slot him into the lineup. Mm-hmm. Although yeah. I, I guess Gruden gave that weird quote of uh, they're going to go with a hot hand approach at, at wide yeah. receiver. Yeah, what does that mean? <laughs> what does, does that mean? I don't know. Like, what and does that mean? A- added into it, there have only been two games this year where a wide receiver for Washington has seen seven or more targets, and they were both in week one. Mm, interesting. Crowder saw seven, and, then, and Terrell Pryor saw 11. Other than that, it's like five, six, yeah. four, three. I saw week one, and I thought that was what the offense would look like in the offseason, and then I thought that's what it would look like as the season progressed. And it's just completely morphed into this spread attack, and they spread it around, and then they get Chris Thompson involved. I mean, it's a great offense. And then Jordan Reed has the best game of the season. Oh, my God. Jordan Reed, 10 targets, two touchdowns. What? Yeah. Oh, man. So Nightmare for fantasy for sure. But, I mean, this is what Washington's offense does when it's cooking. And that offense is cooking right now. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, I think think Doxon needs to be – owned everywhere uh definitely like he's a high ceiling low floor play on a weekly basis like I think there's gonna be a game where he gets eight to ten targets goes over 100 yards smashes for a touchdown they play Dallas this week I easily think it, it that this could be the week that happens 100%. I think this could be a high scoring game and so I don't hate I don't hate playing Josh Doxson in this spot uh and one note on Terrell Pryor I think the important lesson about his 2017 fantasy season is like how important it is to imagine a range of outcomes for your players because I think a lot of people you know were obsessed with the ceiling and that ceiling was always there obviously he hasn't hit it but him losing his job to Josh Doxson was always in the range of outcomes because he's a one he's a receiver that signed a one-year deal for six million dollars and this is a guy they draft in the first round they're invested in ah, that's a good point but man it's just I mean considering the injuries and stuff that we saw from Josh I don't think I think most everybody just pretty much ignored Josh Doxson yeah. on on draft day uh, and that's what I think the, the mistake was even if it was a small possibility i think I enough saying. people didn't take it into account that, that was and, a possibility. and then we haven't even mentioned jameson crowder who played 92 percent of the snaps last week yeah, so yeah. it's like there's so many mouths to yeah. feeds i but he's out there you know like i know he's not doing anything but it's just one more guy and you got ryan grant right and, and, yeah. and vernon davis and niles paul getting targets it's like what <laughs> yeah. you can't rely it's, on any of these guys get, get the syrup not the pancakes yeah yes. start right. start Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins is hot. Don't worry about it. I don't understand that analogy. The syrup is the, the best part of pancakes. You ever eaten a pancake by itself? It sucks. <laughs> you ever, you <laughs> ever eaten a pancake, James? Uh, you ever heard of pancakes? <laughs> I mean, yes, but I can't just, remember put syrup on them. I no, I, I went back and looked it's at the, it. It's it is. Get, it's, you want the syrup, not the pancakes. It's because, like, I, I get it, but I mean, it's like you got to have both. I mean, you can't. I mean, what do you do? You drink the syrup by itself? I mean, it's just kind of so so sweet. It's so sweet. (laughs) How much do you want to, like, really hate yourself? Yes. (laughs) Drink a bottle of syrup. (laughs) I think we could could dive down a rabbit hole with this analogy. No, because we've been saying that about Washington's offense, and I'm like, yeah, but I've been trying to wrap my mind around this analogy. You obviously, like, in a passing attack, too, you need the quarterback (laughs) and the pass catchers. But when when there are a lot of pass catchers spread out, you want the – you want to guzzle that syrup. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. You want to shoot that straight. That's Kirk Cousins. That's Just Kirk line Cousins up seven shot glasses yeah, that's, that's of Cousins. syrup. <laughs> yes, of, of syrup. 
Unbelievable. All right. <coughs> uh, Marcus Grant Jeez. writes a column every week. It's players to drop. It's a great column. Who's um, Marcus? Marcus Grant. He's our very famous friend. Who that? <coughs> uh, in his column this week, uh, go check it out. Uh, what is it? NFL.com slash Grant. Correct. Um, go check it out. It's a, it's a great piece. But he lays out a couple of high-profile guys that he says, hey, you know what? It's, it's time to drop these guys. One of those, uh, we'll get into two of them. One of them is Randall Cobb with, uh, obviously, it's the bye week this week, but with Hundley throwing 12 passes for 87 total yards. Completed 12. He threw 25, Excuse, I think. excuse me, yes. Completed 12 passes for 87 total yards. Uh, Randall Cobb, MG is saying, is a drop, which I think I think a lot of folks can get on board with that, although you see the name there, and you're kind of surprised by that. But Alex Gelhart, your thoughts there? No, you got to drop him. I mean – Hunley did not look great in that game, and uh, it's, it's a bye week, and Randall Cobb really hasn't been producing since Rodgers was in there earlier in the season. So yeah. it just get him, get him out of your lineup. Well, there's, there's better – like, drop him for Josh Doxson and start poor, him this week. Poor Packers. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, this one's pretty cut and dry. Uh, Hunley might be bad, and Randall Cobb is not doing anything. There you go. Jonathan Stewart, also a player that uh, MG recommends to drop. He's averaging just 3.0 yards per carry. That is not great. Terrible. It's terrible. Although that being said, I mean Christian McCaffrey averaging 2.5 yards. Yeah, per carry. They have no well, run game. Except uh, for yeah, the offensive line has been bad, and it's injured now. It is been injured all. Well, season, it's been injured. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's got more worse. injured. It got worse. Yeah, more injured. Which is not good. Uh, what do you guys think about uh, dropping a Jonathan Stewart franchise? I did it this week. Oh, did you? I, I, forget, I did it I for, as well. I forget <laughs> who I added. Okay. It was a running back of some kind, but I, I was like, I'm never going to use Jonathan Stewart confidently. It was a weird Just one too, because like your same thing. Like the name, I was looking at, it, I was like, man, I mean, like he's a starting running back yeah. on a pretty good offense, but sure. I was like, bye. Yeah. See ya. It's just. Yeah, I mean, he's even gotten six carries inside the five. So I mean, yeah. you know, his usage, I, his usage, usage is, is what is there, and, and it's and it's what a lot of folks were anticipating for Jonathan Stewart. But man, it's it's been a slog. Man, Watch to, him go off. I was gonna week, say, you know? I, I, the reason like I I'm, <laughs> might want to hold on one more week is they do play the Bucks this week, and the bu- is that it's the stoppable force versus movable object. <laughs> I was gonna right? say, I made right. this point on Monday's yeah. podcast. Yeah, I know. So. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, at least he got his yards per carry up from negative point five to three point four <laughs> last week. <laughs> oh, oh, excuse me. Really, really, really looking for some uh, silver linings I here. I hate the Panthers, oh. but uh, yeah, no, this is definitely like it's a really good matchup. So if you're desperate at running back, maybe don't drop him. This is how I know you're a, a, a true fan of the Panthers because when they were on their three game win streak or, or their three game streak where they were just lighting the world on fire. Oh, my God. Matt Harmon, you were on top of the world. He was back. I remember watching him tilt over a Graham Gano last-second field goal. <laughs> they beat, beat the, the Patriots. Patriots. <laughs> Here's the thing. And now here he is. And I hate them. And this oh, is two this weeks is, later. This, this, is just, this is just what a great lesson in why you shouldn't be a fan and why you should really never open <laughs> oh, your heart to love Come on. Come on. Because, because <laughs> I, knew this was, I knew this was going to happen. Like, like, great. Get it. Like, consider, consider actually being a fan of this team for, for the first time in years. Yeah. And like then Cam Newton has to go and have the most annoying freaking season of all time. Not just with his play on the field, but yeah. off the field. Guy well. can't stop doing the dumbest stuff. And just give me, give me a break. I'm done. <laughs> I don't. I want to talk about my Rams. Can we talk about my Rams? <laughs> uh, let's get into trade calls here. NFL.com/slash/trade calls. Bye bye bye. Sure. Sale. Trade, Sale. trade calls. Trade calls. I got to get the audio. Yeah, I was going to say, we can really do that. I was like, why are we still doing? Uh, Franchise, you recommend selling 
Will Fuller. I yeah, know, buddy. I don't know if I could disagree with this one more, man. Wow. I love Will All Fuller. Right. Yeah, why? Why? But is James, he did you look at the numbers? <laughs> let's let's get into it. Let's look at him. Let's look at him. He's Please. averaging 2.6 receptions per game. I know. I believe it's five touchdowns on eight catches. That's a 62% touchdown <laughs> rate. And those games have come against yeah. three of the worst pass defenses in the league, right. Tennessee, Kansas City, and Cleveland. Okay. They're all extremely bad at pass defense. They're allowing a 7.4% touchdown rate to opposing receivers, which is way above the 4.6 rate average, NFL average. Okay. Uh, and then – like I said, he's only averaging two catches a game. It's yeah, yeah. ridiculous. It's now good. he goes on the road to face Seattle. Yeah, he's got away yet. games against the Rams and Ravens in the next month. And then in the fantasy the playoffs, he has Jaguars in week 15 oh, no. and Steelers in week 16. Oh, no. So what I'm saying is this this rate of – he's leading all wide receivers in fantasy points per game right now, more than Antonio Brown. Yeah. He can't sustain this rate of production. And you can S- get good value from him. Sell him at – at his ceiling, Absolutely. at his ceiling, you'll get good value. People will will look at the numbers and be like, "Oh yeah, I want a piece of Will Fuller." <laughs> Deshaun Watson is hot right now. People want right. a piece of this Houston offense. Yeah. Sell him now because you know he's not going to have a, a as good of a second half Sell as he's him had to somebody in three who games. hasn't looked at the numbers. Yeah, I see. All right. That's you got good. him on the waiver wire probably after like week four or oh, five for, sure. yeah. for free. So yeah. sell him first. I was. For some I will value. say, James, when I, I like first po- when I first saw that because I was back reading this yesterday, yeah. I was like, I was like. Hmm. Yeah, and then I read it and I was like, well, "That's a pretty good argument." <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. All right, there you go. I'm I think sold. I think they've got it. I think you've got a good argument, but they do have a pretty favorable schedule coming up, at least in my opinion. Uh, Did you hear what I just <laughs> said? <laughs> no, I, no, I know, but I don't agree with. I that. just said the opposite. <laughs> of that. But I don't agree. But I How don't can agree you not that? agree with that? <laughs> because okay, they have. They are all good defenses. <laughs> they, have, they have Seattle this week, but I don't. I think the Colts you can exploit through the air. You can exploit the Rams through the air. You could. Definitely exploit the Cardinals through the air with Patrick Peterson going up against DeAndre Hopkins and then Will Fuller getting. But Justin what I'm Bethel saying is he's at his balls. peak value right now. He's I, at yeah, his ceiling. I, I get Sell it. him now before he, he he regresses a little bit because he's going to. Har- Harmon just he, went full like yes. CNN, Fox News, like contributor. Like it was in like the quad box. We were talking. Like, I hear your argument, but I completely I understand your argument. I like it, but I completely disagree with it. It's like, wait well, a minute, I just think what? It's important wait, to uh, you know present the other side of these scenarios. There is no other side. There well, I just no gave you the other side. <laughs> no other side. All right, you you recommend buying Joe Ho Joe Jordan Howard. Sorry, I uh, was trying to get around a laugh there, but uh, Jordan Howard, uh, you yep. recommend as a buy franchise. Hit me. Hasn't had a touchdown in his last three games. He had that one big 167 rush yard game. Uh, but since Mitchell Trubisky took over yeah. uh, in week five, so it's a three-game span, he's averaging – Howard's averaging 25 carries a game, over 100 rush yards for, per game. His 76 rush attempts over the last three weeks is second only to Lev Bell, who has 82. The Bears are the most run-heavy team in the league with the rookie quarterback. Uh, and Howard has 78% of the team's rush attempts, 63% of the Bears' offensive touches with Trubisky under center. Volume, volume, volume. That's right. And then uh, you think opposing defenses would catch on by now and just stack the box, which they are doing per next-gen stats. Uh, Without Trubisky, he faced eight-plus defenders in the box on 38.1% of his carries. Uh, and then with Trubisky, that number is up to 46.1% of his snaps with okay. eight-plus defenders, and he's actually more efficient. That's weird. Uh, I tweeted out the stat. I don't have it exactly in front of me now, but they have the you know yards after a defender closes in. He's been yeah. better uh, even with more players in the box. So 
he's definitely like one of the best running backs in the league given the offense he plays in, his production. Uh, he's had a couple low games in a row without a touchdown, so I think it's a buy low situation given his uh, volume upside. I like it. And then in the next month, he's got Saints, Packers, and Lions all susceptible to big games to running backs. So. All right. <laughs> you also recommend selling Chris Thompson, but I will – uh, direct the listeners out there to go to NFL.com slash trade calls to read the rest of the column. All right, let's get to deep sleepers. <clears throat> Matt Harmon, kick us off. Deep sleeper you like this week. Yeah, it's a tight end position, and I tried to make an argument to somebody why they should pick up uh, Nick O'Leary this week, and after describing him as a player, uh, they proceeded to ask me, so are we picking him up based on his personality? Because <laughs> not much to mention uh, in terms of athleticism uh, or anything like that. Oh, but he was on man. the field for 79% of the snaps last week, 84% uh, the week before that. Yeah. He only had two targets, two catches, but they were both big plays. And, you know, he gets the Raiders uh, this week who yes. annually get beat up on by tight ends. Uh, I love this And pick. they are also, once again, top ten in yards and catches allowed to the position. Uh, also, Logan Thomas. Uh, Lynchburg, Virginia's own Logan yeah. Thomas catching the touchdown there, converted quarterback. I'm kind of like, I think in like three years, maybe two, we're going to be excited about Logan Thomas, Logan as, Thomas. As, a, as a tight end. Yeah. It's a danger zone pick someday. You keep this that in is, mind. Buddy. No, he is. Yeah, I mean, I, I see it happening too, and I just I looked into the future to see where people are talking about starting Logan Thomas at tight end. I'm like, wow. God. <laughs> what a crazy world. No, but uh, you should have just directed uh, your friend to the Nick O'Leary danger zone clip. Uh, from last week, that would have explained everything. Yeah, Obviously. you should have. Can you send that to me, <laughs> sure. and then I can forward that along, and uh, maybe we'll have a tight end for the week. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that pick, though. Uh, I will go with. Uh, I was about to say San Diego Zone, L.A. Zone, Austin Eckler. I like this guy, producer yeah, man. Chris. Man, I at first I was like, ah, oh, this guy's random. This is just going to be a, one of those one week wonder type deals. He's a good player. He he showed out in preseason, and he has two total touchdowns of the year. And keep in mind, Melvin Gordon is seeing 46.5% of the touches right now. Okay. So, at some point, you're going to have to give him some rest. And, and I think Austin Eckler will, will spell him nicely. I, I think he has a decent matchup against the Pats. Obviously, you're not starting him in this week. But uh, he's certainly somebody to, to handcuff to Gordon. I think he's uh, just beyond even a handcuff. I think he can. He's got a little juice in this offense in terms of uh, pass catcher out of the backfield, and and if they get into a little bit of a shootout, I don't know, man. I I, I kind of like what I've seen on tape in regards to Austin Eckler. He went to the most random place. It's like Western College of Colorado or something. Yeah, it's crazy. It, it was some small school. He grew up in some small town in Colorado. Population 5,000. His high school had like, I don't know, like 300 people or something in it. It was, it, he just went to a, a small place and then has just kind of popped up. Uh, he's got good measurables. He's a good athlete. And, and again, I, I, I kind of like what he brings to this offense. I, I'll, I'll say Austin Eckler as a deep sleeper slash stash. You know, Robert Klemko of the MMQB had, had a good uh, story about him. I think he was, uh, during the pro days at University of Colorado, all these scouts kind of left the room, and then this Austin Eckler kid's still there, and he's yeah. just putting up huge numbers. Huge and you're like, who numbers. is this guy? Right. You know, so he, he, I think he had a nice thread on Twitter about him uh, when he made the team. But, yeah, he, he's come out of nowhere, and um, he, he's done good things. So I we'll want to say he ran like a 4-4-40 or 4-4-5-40 or something like that and uh, had like a 38- or 39-inch vertical. So the guy's – 
He's a good athlete. Very athletic. Good athlete. All right, Wiz, hit me with the deep sleeper. Ah, why not, Brandon LaFell? Why not? Six teams are on by. He got a touchdown last week. He's playing a ton of snaps. It hasn't turned into any production. But the Colts just lost Malik Hooker. The Bengals are going to score a lot of points. This is an uncommon opponent from Joe Goodberry at uh, Bengals Wire, which how it works is he's been tracking this for a while. And uh, historically, when Andy Dalton plays common opponents, people, uh, teams in his division or that he's seen within like the last year, I believe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He performs way worse right. when he faces an uncommon opponent somebody he hasn't seen in the last calendar year Does well. he averages like twice as many touchdowns and fewer interceptions so Colts just lost their star safety <laughs> they're an uncommon opponent the Bengals are at home Dalton's gonna put up some points maybe Brandon LaFell hey, was, I feel like case. there was a point mm-hmm. last week where I was like did LaFell just get another target <laughs> in the end zone I think he did <laughs> I, think I think he, he had at two. least two <laughs> yeah that, right. I was just like what so, is happening with Brandon LaFell so right why now? not this is why not uh, franchise what you got uh, yeah, I'm just going to repeat my deep sleeper from last week, who's baby. Benny Fowler on Benny the Denver Fowler. Broncos. Let's go. With Manny Sanders out, he played 81% of the snaps last week. He caught all five of his targets for 45 yards, so not a huge game. Okay. But it was nine PPR points was more than Larry Fitzgerald, A.J. Green, Keenan Allen, Adam Thielen all last week. Sad. So, it, you know, if you started him, you got nine points out of him in a PPR league. He still leads the team in red zone targets, and they play Kansas City this week. Kansas City's allowed more touchdowns to wide receivers with 13 than any other team in the NFL. That baby. I like it. Hey, let's get into some next-gen stats, NGS stats, shall we? Um, again, I, I, wa- I really want to get the listeners more in tune with these uh, exclusive stats. And, and, you know, a lot of people throw these around. Um, that word a lot, but it really is. It's exclusive to uh, us folks here at NFL.com. They're next-gen stats, um, and a lot of these numbers we're not familiar with quite yet. But, uh, Matt Harmon, you tweeted out uh, a, a stat that I've been tracking as well, and I've been very impressed with it. It's top five teams in running back yards gained before a defender closes within one yard. It's yes. a long way of saying. It's a very long way of saying these are the yards that your O-line, your offensive line, is pushing, generating up front before the ball carrier sees a defender. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of why I've, <clears throat> I've shorthanded it to O-line's yards per carry. Yeah, I think that's a, a fair way to look at it. I think there's a little bit of, like, from an individual player perspective, uh, there is a little bit of, like, running back style, like how you play the position For sure. uh, in, involved in it, too. Like, if you look at when Adrian Peterson was on the Saints – uh, you know, his yards gained before close was like super low, but then all the other two guys were up high near the top. So, and that indicates to me that's just one guy. But when you look at New Orleans from a team level, their third overall was 0.92 yards uh, before defenders close. And, and so I do think it's a good, and I sent James, a, like, because you tweeted me, and I was like, yeah. let me dump this massive spreadsheet I've been working <laughs> with, uh, with all these, like, what it right. correlates to and the. And it does correlate really well to Football Outsiders adjusted line yards, which is a, a good measurement for offensive line uh, th- that I've really trusted in terms of run blocking. So, so this this number, it and again, it's O line yards per carry. Um, it correlates, at least in my mind, very very well with uh, yards per carry. So, yeah, um, in terms of running backs. So, it, 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 the higher this number, the higher the number you're going to see with running backs in terms of yards per carry. So we're talking about efficiency. So you want to be a part of these teams that are getting push up front for their running backs. And I think it's a great – it's such a great number because for the first time, I really believe – because O-line play has been like this, like 
this art almost, right? Mm-hmm. We're like, we're like, oh well, we think they're pretty good. This is a really good offensive line. They've graded out well, and it's like, okay, I don't. That doesn't mean anything to me, right? Yeah. This puts a number on it. Yes, which, is nice. which an, an ob- I love. objective number. Like, yes, you can't argue. Like, if, if listeners aren't familiar, this is all you know gathered through uh, next gen stats data chips that are in the player's shoulder pads. So, That's like, exactly it right. It is. It's not objective, different yeah. people grading it from different right. games. It's just it's science. So, <laughs> and and you know, from a brass tax perspective, you know, in terms of Ooh, yeah, what it means for, for for running games and and what it means for fantasy owners, if you look at the teams that are in the top five, yeah. you've got the Falcons. Obviously, good run game with Devonta yep. Freeman. Jacksonville. Hello. Leonard Fournette, sma- Leonard Fournette smashes. He goes out. All of his backups smash against the Colts. Right. The Saints are cooking right now with Mark Ingram. The Rams, number four. Yep. Obviously, they've got Todd Gurley. Number five, the Vikings, who Dalvin Cook was smashing. Jared Cook comes in, does well. Then Latavius <laughs> Murray Cook? even comes. I mean, uh, excuse me, Jarek McKinnon. <laughs> Jarek McKinnon, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. his cousin, Jared Cook. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> then Jarek, Jarek McKinnon comes in and does well. Then even Latavius Murray gets going. I think, yeah. too, you look at the teams in the bottom, bottom five, which is the next say. tweet, which Bengals are the worst, which Horrible. makes a lot of sense when Jeremy Hill's not averaging anything, Joe Mixon's not averaging much better, yeah. and Gio Bernard, too, isn't even getting much behind that line. The Panthers are the next worst, which when we, uh, we just talked about dropping Jonathan Stewart. The Eagles, like – Makes total sense, too, because those guys are getting smashed behind the line of scrimmage all the time. Raiders also, and then Jets. Like, the Jets running backs, despite getting a ton of volume, like, aside from that one game when Elijah McGuire and Bilal Powell each had a stupid, like, 60-plus <laughs> yard touchdown run, those Jets, the bank, the, they can't do anything on the ground. They've been making their hay yeah. through the, the receiving production. The Raiders was the one that su- the su- surprised me the oh, most. Huge. Uh, yeah. And that's what kind of got me going on this whole kick yesterday with, the like, this correlation spreadsheet. I was like – Man, because I was looking at the run, the Raiders running backs from an individual perspective, and I think they're like Jalen Richard, Marshawn Lynch are like 52 out of 50, 52 and 53 out of 70 running backs, and then uh, DeAndre Washington actually dead last. In, in terms this, of yards per carry? You, you no, know, yards gained before the defenders oh, oh, closed. Oh, so they yeah. were real low. And I was like, man, is the Raiders' offensive line not as good this year? And then I went and just did some research with the football outsiders and some of these other ones. And, yeah, they definitely have not been – they've been a great pass protection unit yeah. there in Oakland, but yep. they're not run blocking real well. Uh, so I'll be digging into that heavily with the next-gen stats column that comes out today, uh, looking at that Raiders line. But still, even if you go up a little farther in terms of the, the bottom, 25th in the league is the Chargers. We talked about them not really being a, a great – Offense, we're not not being a great run game despite yeah. Melvin Gordon's volume. Uh, another team, twenty six, the the Dolphins with Jay Ajayi, who's mm-hmm. living off volume right now. So uh, they still don't have a rushing touchdown this year. No, that's true. So oh. at all, none. What? None. Zero. Yeah, well, I guess that for like the first couple games they scored like two touchdowns. Yeah, so. yeah that's true. Yeah, there's wow, a f- that's crazy though. Yeah, there's a few like lines that the. These numbers would, di- which is always going to happen, would disagree with some of the other offensive line metrics I looked at. But overall, yeah, I mean, it, it correlates really well with offense run blocking, offensive line performance, and then the yards gained after close uh, from the individual running back perspective correlates really well with yards per carry, like you mentioned. So those yeah. guys who are making defenders miss, creating on their own, um, that's why I like Jalen Richard this week uh, because he is by far way better than Marshawn Lynch and especially DeAndre Washington at creating yards on his own. Yeah. Nice. I mean, it's a it's a number again and I know it's 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 new and people haven't heard it yet, but man, I love this number because I think people I think people really like to know how offensive lines are doing, but up until this point, again, it's been it's been this like total like, you know, up in the clouds conversation, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And this really puts a hard line number on it, and I think it's great. So 
Um, it's a number that, you know, I, I featured a lot in, in my columns. I love that Matt Harmon is going to be tackling it in his next-gen stats piece, but it's a number that I want to start getting our listeners. Um, and, again, it's exclusive content to us here at NFL.com. We want to get the listeners that edge, and I think this will help you get that edge. All right, let's get to EDG. Every damn game. Is there a link for this? For what? Uh, matchups? Yeah, matchups. Yes, NFL.com slash fantasy matchups. It'll be up later today. Add up, baby. You can get every single matchup Every single game, go to NFL.com slash fantasy matchups. Yes, fantasy yeah. matchups. Gilhar lives and breathes the, breathes <laughs> the matchups <laughs> column every so week. So. Yeah. so many matchups, so little time. Let's get to the early games here. London, it's Minnesota taking on Cleveland. I'm sorry, London. <laughs> Stephon Diggs. <laughs> Back practicing. They get to oh, watch man. Case Keenum. Who, Why would you apologize who, for that? Who wants the digs tilt with me at like 4 a.m. West Coast time? Keenum versus Geyser. You just, you just got to stay up all night. <clears throat> yeah. That is the big point because, yes, as you mentioned in the rundown, James, uh, Stefan Diggs practice. Yeah. However, this is back to an early London game, which mm-hmm. means it's 6.30 or whatever, kickoff right. Pacific time, right. 9 o'clock Eastern, 9.30. Yeah. So, like, if you have Stefan Diggs in your lineup and you want to play him, you're going to have to get up early to make sure – He's active. And I think if he does play, though, you want to put him back out there. He's practicing. Yes. He made the trip. It's a good spot for him. He's, yeah. It's a good spot. The Cleveland pass defense is where they're vulnerable. Yeah. And uh, it could be good news for Thielen as well. I mean, he's still way up there in targets. Hasn't scored a touchdown. But if Diggs is running around the field helping open up space, it's great news. Mm-hmm. Might diminish Kyle Rudolph's potential, which is sad because he's seen his most volume when Diggs has been out. Sad. Despite okay. the fact that the Browns are a great matchup for tight ends. So, but T- tis worth noting that the the Vikings do have their bye next week. Why are you doing? I don't know. <laughs> oh, it's in London, mate. Oh my god. <laughs> Anyways, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, they well, have a bye next. It is they have a bye next week. So, like, if Diggs is you know oh, maybe I right on the fence, maybe they're like, sit you know what, let's just. Sit him so he comes back in oh, yeah. week ten. Stretch. You know, completely ready to roll. Okay. When Teddy Bridgewater comes back, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Boy. Uh, but the backs too, like we mentioned, the Browns are actually quite tough on opposing yes. running backs. I think they're only allowing something like sixty some yards it's a crazy. game or seventy yards a game. It's on crazy the how good they are. But um, <laughs> I think both these guys can be flexed, as we mentioned. A million teams are on by, and also this is the type of game that the Vikings could get way up in and just need to salt a lead because they're I think de- it's going to be a low scoring close their, game. Their defense is well I mean even if they're up 14 to 0 or 14 to 3 that's going to yeah. you're they're going to grind it out. So I think both these Agreed. guys are flex worthy on the Cleveland's play Duke Johnson otherwise log out. Okay. <laughs> log out. <laughs> so just so just log out. Yeah. <laughs> Don't play Duke Johnson and just log out. It is LCH. We're talking about the Chargers <laughs> taking on the Patriots in Foxborough. French, what you got? Uh so on the Chargers side of the ball you're Starting Melvin Gordon, he has uh, seven total touchdowns this year. Not great efficiency on the ground, just 3.4 yards per carry, just one 100-yard rush game. But he's getting uh, work as a receiver, uh, so hopefully he gets that work here, especially if the Pats get up early. They might throw the ball more to Gordon, uh, helping keep his floor at a safe level. Uh, Keenan Allen, just one touchdown this year. He has 45 and 41 receiving yards in his last two games. Last Interesting. last week he played Denver, so chalk chalk that up to matchup. Yeah. Um, but I think you're still plugging Allen in. It's a good matchup for yeah. him. And you I know, think he works this week. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, and Hunter Henry, last two games, 12 targets, nine receptions, 163 yards, leads the team in receiving last two games. I think he's a good start against the Patriots. Okay. Who defense has improved, but it's still leaky to pass catchers. Yeah. Um, for the Patriots – Brandon Cooks leads the team in receiving. Uh, he has 14 targets, 10 receptions, 158 yards, and a touchdown in the last two games. Uh, might get some Casey Hayward this week, which is not a good matchup for him. 
Uh, Gronk is a no-brainer. Tom Brady is a no-brainer. Yep. Uh, Chris Hogan, he's failed to post at least 60 receiving yards in just two games all year, so he has a solid floor in PPR. I'd start him or flex him. Him J- and Cooks have been surprisingly consistent. I yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. Even Cooks, that's crazy, right? Yeah, he had that touchdown last week kind of yeah. using Gronk as a snowplow in front of him <laughs> against <laughs> that was the great. Falcons. That, that was, was great, cool. Yeah. Uh, and then for the running backs, Deion Lewis is trending up as the primary back last two games. Let's go, Deion. Deion leads, Lewis game. Leads the team with 24 carries, 128 rush yards, 5.3 yards per carry, and a touchdown. Yeah. And James White is the PPR play on a weekly basis. He found the end zone last week. They're both playable, man. I think they're both playable. James White more so in a PPR league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. All right, Chicago taking on New Orleans in the Big Easy. The Chargers sent Dontrell Inman to Chicago for a seventh-round pick. Matt Harmon, what do you got? Well, Dontrell Inman is like a slot receiver who did flash a little bit uh, in San Diego last year. So uh, I think that is an interesting trade. Probably won't make any big fantasy impact. Well, well, they're only throwing four times a game. Right. <laughs> James, so, I think he threw seven times, actually. My he bad. Completed, completed four. four. That's Would correct. Would you get your numbers correct, please? That's way more volume. <laughs> Double <True>. almost. <laughs> exactly. Inman might get two targets. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, well, the Bears will be trailing, so Trubisky will have to throw. I do think I, I don't. Mean, I'm not buying into that. I'm not totally. buying into it either. Man. You know what I mean? I bet you. I mean, I bet you throws more than 15 times. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I, I mean, mean, he I threw 25 in that first game yeah. against the Vikings. He's not going to. They were also down, but he's not going to clock like 40 attempts or anything. Right. No. But uh, yeah. This is this is John Fox we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And, right. and John Fox is like living the dream right now with his Bears team. It's unbelievable. He's on but, cloud but nine. Anyways, uh, you know, there on the Bears is just really not much more to say other than you play Jordan Howard, and I think Tariq Cohen is a nice. Like this week, I kind of like him. As yeah, well. like what? Do you, I mean, what are you going to do? There's no predictable floor there at all. But at least he has some sort of ceiling playing there in the also, uh, dome. I was going to say you got to kind of like him on the fast track there. That yeah. could really yeah. suit his skill set. Like, oh, yeah. Show. yeah, he's got definitely got big play potential for sure. So those are the only two guys I'm playing in the Bears offense, no question about it. And on the New Orleans side, I mean, uh, the the Bears defense is. I think legit underrated. Yeah, they're good. Uh, they're a good defense. No, they're, good. they're not a team that I think the Saints are just going to steamroll here. Uh, of course, I think that uh, you're playing all your Saints guys. You know, like the Michael Thomas is the Drew Brees, uh, and, and that's pretty in the passing game. I think you can play Ted Ginn, but you know what you're getting into bed with, and he's been hot lately, so he's almost you know bound to come down. Right. Uh, and in the backfield, I think both Ingram and Kamara are playable in this spot. Of course, Ingram, I mean, is, is smashing right yeah, now. Yeah, he's doing he's well. He's total RB one the rest of the way. He's do and since they traded Peterson, he's tied with Kamara in targets. Yeah. Like uh, the perception is Kamara is like the pass catching back, but they yeah. each have ten. Ingram's a good catcher. He's Ingram has always catcher. been a good pass catcher. Yeah. yeah. That being said, what too, do you think Albuco- about that, Co? <laughs> what do you think about Mark Ingram? I, I think he's on pace to have a good season. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Damn right he is. <laughs> Had to throw the on pace in there. He did. He did. Uh, by the way, speaking of, uh, Alvin Kamara seems to be getting some red zone work as well, which is, again, when we start talking about usage, I think most folks were like, oh, well, we'll see Ingram near the goal line, and then we'll see Kamara in pass catching situations. Mm-hmm. They've both been used for both. They're yeah. using Kamara just in really smart ways, which is great because he only has. So he's gotten 10 targets and he's had 19 carries uh, over the last two weeks, but Ingram's had 47 carries in that mm. same span. Crazy. But they're using Kamara in ways that he's able to gain a lot. They're putting him in space. He's able to gain a lot of yards after he touches the football. So it's keep giving him a nice, like, flex floor. But Ingram, man, that ceiling is high. Yeah. Oakland taking on the Bills in Buffalo. Alex Gailhar, what do you got? Uh, well, after the showing we saw last week, I think it's okay to uh, trust Amari Cooper again. Okay. Uh, Derek, Derek Carr – I mean, you don't feel great about them going on the road to Buffalo. They did just get carved up by Jameis Winston, but prior to that, their defense had just shut down, erased yeah. quarterbacks. So, don't know if that was a one-week 
uh, aberration or if that was maybe a sign that there are chinks in the armor. But okay. with so many teams on by, I think you can trust these guys. You want to roll out Crabtree and Cooper uh, thanks to their volume. And then I th in the backfield-wise, I think Jalen Richard and DeAndre Washington, bless you over there, are both in play. Uh, Richard's probably a little better in PPR, and DeAndre Washington might be the more favored guy in standard. I mean, he did get the tut the carry inside the 10. And then on Buffalo's side, I mean, you're starting LaShawn McCoy. Yep. You can start Tyrod at home. He's been great at home. Yeah. As Harmon mentioned, Nick, Nick O'Leary, maybe. I like uh, it. I love Tyrod this week. I, I do love Tyrod this yeah, week. That, that defense is very susceptible, but it's just – it's like if you, then you look at his pass catchers, it's just hard to buy in on anybody. Yeah. Yeah, no. Maybe Jordan Matthews. He's got he's got a second week back of practicing with his thumb and stuff. I, I don't it's know. like the Washington situation. Forget all the pass catchers. Right. Play Tyrod. I, mean, I, just, I don't, I don't trust any there, of yeah. them, so I just – I. Take this, take the syrup, not the pancakes. <laughs> take that shot of syrup. Let's go. That delicious Tyrod syrup. Plug. <laughs> S. It's the San Francisco 49ers taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh my gosh! If this does not scream trap game, I don't know what does. Jason Peters torn ACL, MCL. He's gone for the season. Uh, that could obviously have a huge impact on a run game that is already kind of middle of the road, semi-struggling. Mm -hmm. But uh, franchise, what do you got in this game? Uh, Carson Wentz, obviously a stud starter. Stud. You don't need to read any articles to tell you True. that you should start him. Uh, Zach Ertz <laughs> is the tight end one in fantasy football. Five touchdowns, 58 targets, leads the team, 494 yards. Like, whoa with Zach Ertz. Yeah, yeah seriously. Start yeah. him, okay? Zach Ertz, stop being so selfish, man. Share that ball a little bit. For reals. No, I have him in producer's <laughs> writers, and I would no. to keep smashing. Uh, I think you're also starting Nelson Aguilar against the susceptible 49ers. Uh, secondary, he leads the team, well, with tied with Zach Ertz, five receiving touchdown, 366 yards, touchdown in each of his last three games. Okay. Alshon Jeffrey, despite his – low production he still has 50 tor 54 targets 23% market share of Wentz past targets which is second on the team only to Ertz it yeah. could be a little bit of a get right game for him against San Francisco I agree um, and then you mentioned the run game I think the only guy you can really plug in is Blunt here uh, Smallwood's back from injury. Corey Clement, I think, caught a touchdown yeah, pass last week. Odd, like so weird. But it was just an absolute dime throw. Yeah. from Wentz. Yeah, this is stupid. That play he's was a, he's that a stupid. Stud. That play was outrageous. Uh, this run game hasn't been really productive over the last few weeks, but Blunt's had I think at least fourteen carries and over the last every game over the last month. And if they get up, I mean, yeah, try then to just give it, it to Blunt. Yeah, exactly. um, so the the Niners. Uh, allowed nine total touchdowns to running backs this season and just got gashed by Zeke last week. So maybe you throw Blunt in there and hope for a touchdown. There you go. It's Atlanta. It's the Jets. They're in the Meadowlands. No, excuse me. What do they call that now? MetLife Stadium. MetLife Stadium. Stadium. <laughs> wow. Cool. Uh, Matt Harmon, what do you got? Well, uh, Josh McCown, the best, pretty much like the best streaming quarterback of guys that are widely available this week. I'm starting him. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I mean, I'm starting to feel feel pretty good about it. I mean, Sad. he's he's, he's kind of cooking right now, too. Uh, Gelhar mentioned on Fantasy Live yesterday Matt Forte is a good play uh, because he's been getting a lot of passing game work, and we mm -hmm. know the Falcons just love to let up a bunch of production to pass-catching running backs. They did against New England and James White last week again. So I think Matt Forte. Truth. Uh, do you guys know, like, what the situation with Bilal Powell is? Like, what can, Bilal we, ex Powell? What can we expect him to actually be, you know, out there doing stuff? Because he's no a guy, he's no a guy that I, I I would like, you no know, clue. as as a pass-catcher if, if he was someone we could trust to get on the field. But, you know, whatever. He's coming back. Well, he came back from that calf injury last week, right? Right. So I'm I just, not sure what the snap count was, but I think it was pretty much 
pretty split between even, him and Matt Forte. I was going to say, did he even play? I, yeah, I just, Powell I just was out Matt, there. I just remember Matt Forte plays. Yeah, uh, hold on. I'm looking at it right now. Powell had 33% of the snaps. Forte had 54%. Yeah, so Forte right now leading the backfield. Yeah. I think yeah. he's he's kind of the guy that you want. So Agree. Uh, can I just say, I feel like we're all trying to usher Matt Forte out of this universe, but he's back. He's just like, nah, I'm good. I'm just going to be over here just quietly. He working. basically is good like for – a five-game stretch here, probably that we're in the middle of before he gets hurt again. Okay, and age rears its ugly head, Fair and Powell, Powell takes over again. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I, but I think all your Jets. I mean, Safarian Jenkins is a top ten tight end every single week. Yeah, uh, Robbie Anderson, I like, is kind of like a deep sleeper. Uh, you know, big play potential. Okay. Both, both those Jets guys. I mean, him and Jermaine Curse have have been pretty good this yeah. year for for fantasy as like wide receiver three four plays. And then on the Falcons side. <sighs> They're a bad <laughs> offense. You're not. I don't. I, this is a fine matchup for Matt Ryan, but oh. I think I would. I think I would play guys like I would definitely play Andy Dalton, Tyrod Taylor, those type of guys. I mean, would you guys play Josh McCown over Matt Ryan? No, I would not. What about like Alex Smith against the Broncos? Well, no. I mean, yeah, I would 100 percent play Alex Smith over Matt Ryan. He's even, at he's at home. Yeah, even even I with feel a like bad some matchup. people are going to struggle with that this week. Yeah, because it's agree. the Broncos. Because it's the Broncos. Yeah. But the Broncos have. I mean, they've. You, you can get over on the Broncos at least a, a little bit, uh, yeah. especially with Smith being at home, as Galhar mentioned. So I'm I'm not like Matt Ryan's definitely not in the trust tree right now. No, uh, but he is on kind of like the streaming radar, and this is a fine matchup. I mean, and then Matt Ryan, real quick, has only had two QB one, so two top twelve outings uh, in his uh, first six games, and they were as the QB ten and QB eleven. So he just made the cut. I mean, he has no ceiling right now in this dysfunctional offense. And then, I mean, you're, you're the only guys you're playing really, other than that, are, are Devonta Freeman and Julio Jones. Uh, Muhammad Sanu does have six or more targets in every game outside of the Bills one where he got hurt. So I mean, if you're desperate at wide receiver, he makes for a fine kind yeah. of floor play. But I you're think not, on this bye week apocalypse, he's okay. But yeah, you're not messing around. Tevin Coleman's not getting pass game usage like you would have hoped. They've Get him out. Completely taking that like creativity out of the offense. And, and, and Sanu, also, Sanu coming back kills Hooper. Hooper and Gabriel, all these goofballs. No thanks. <laughs> goofballs. There's, like, there's only two later games, which is kind of annoying, but that's okay. Yeah. But these are both slow. dope games. They are. So that's going to be kind of fun, at least that's to true. just like isolate. Like we don't have like a you know Bengals Colts or whatever like stuck in there as well <laughs> that's an early game and by the way we kind of glossed over that and the Bucks Panthers matchup because we uh, talked about those a lot but you can read about them on fantasy matchups nfl.com slash fantasy matchups I don't want us to call this EDG we did a, we did then, a whole section on next gen stats and then bro. get and then get Not tweet from, and then get tweets familiar. like oh you didn't talk about Colts Bengals please <laughs> that's true Right. So I figured I'd address that, like the it. elephant in the room. No, no, you're right. And now, now we'll talk about Houston and Seattle. Houston taking on Seattle in the Pacific Northwest. Alex Gelhar, what do you got? This is this is an awesome game, as uh, as Harmon said. We've got two, be good. two offenses potentially hitting their stride, going against each other. I mean, we've been conditioned over the years to fear the Legion of Boom at home in Seattle. They have not been as ferocious in as in years past, though, and like – how do you turn away from Deshaun Watson right no. now? As like hot yeah, as that yeah, offense yeah. has been, no, so you don't. You know. So yeah, I think I think you can still trust him. Out. I mean, you can start him. He, you know, that he could potentially disappoint on the road in this big game, but his ceiling is outrageous. He can run too. You yeah. can run on the Seahawks. So I think Lamar Miller's a good play this week. I just um, mean Deshaun Watson. Can oh, run. he can run oh, too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then as for the Seahawks, I mean that Texans defense—they're coming off their bye, so they could have got a little healthier, but their secondary still banged up. They're missing JJ Watt and Whitney Merciless, which is huge. So I think even with the Seahawks' terrible pass protection, Russell Wilson and his pass catchers should be able to fall out. But I am not touching any of the running backs. Okay. Get them out of my life. There you go. 
I think especially with Cliff Averill, you know, gone for Seattle too, uh, uh, Deshaun Watson, uh, he could work, man. He could absolutely work. Dallas taking on Washington in Washington. Matt Franchise, what do you got? Yeah, we kind of pounded Washington's offense into the ground earlier. Yeah, let's talk about Dallas. You're going to start Kirk Cousins, Chris Thompson, and maybe Jordan Reed. Uh, for Dallas, obviously Zeke is a must play as long as he's not suspended. He just exploded last week. What what a talented running back. Uh, Dez, I think, is a must start, even if Josh Norman, who's working his way back in a limited fashion, yeah. uh, I think you're still going to start Dez. Uh, but also if Norman does play, maybe you consider Cole Beasley as a, a sleeper out of the slot. I don't know. Now, Washington's got a sneaky good defense too, man. Yeah. I like their D. They put a lot of pressure on the quarterback. Not too. that they're going to do yeah. anything in fantasy this week, but, you know, I mean, they make life difficult for, for opposing offenses. For yeah, sure. their secondary is like – I feel like it's questionable, but it's like inconsistent. Like they have some holes there. Yeah, but they do make plays though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You it's, know? It's, hard to, it's hard to really pin that down. And you're obviously starting Dak Prescott, but other than that, it's just kind of cut and die Dak, for this Dak game. Dak Prescott. Yeah, I think he has 29 fantasy points in each of his last two games. Oh. Pretty good. Dude, he's been outrageous in fantasy. He's like, so good. Just I cooking. Mean, last week's game against the Niners was an obviously you know yeah. good matchup, but he's he's awesome. Sunday night football, it's Pittsburgh taking on Detroit. Matt Harmon, what you got? Detroit. So I think the big story in this game is Golden Tate. He was limited at Wednesday's practice. Uh, rap, so soon for him. Yeah, Rap Sheet said it was going to be like a multi-week injury before their week seven bye. So yeah. I don't know. I think I own Golden Tate in at least one league and could really use the help in that league. But It's Pittsburgh too, though. It's Pittsburgh. I think I'm probably – because it's a late game, I'm probably just not going to mess around with that unless I had like an alternative uh, on the Monday night game or whatever. I think I'm just going to just – presume that I will not have Golden Tate is go. how I would approach that there situation. Yeah. Uh, and, and then otherwise with the Lions, it's like there's nothing else really going on on this offense right now. Kenny Galladay is practicing. Kenny Galladay's I, practicing. Anticipating that he will play, but But the knows? Steelers' pass defense is so good. Exactly. The Steelers so I so good, man. Don't really want to – don't want to play Matt. He's not on my radar in terms of, like, streamers, Matt Stafford. Stafford. Yeah. I, I think that I would play, obviously, again, the, the Tyrod Dalton guys, but even d- going down into, like, the Josh McCown territory, definitely play him okay. uh, over Matt Stafford. And then, obviously, I don't play Amir Abdullah in fantasy football ever, so I will not be playing wow. him in this game okay. as well. <laughs> Even a PPR, you don't like him? Nah, man, I don't. I, I don't like Amir Abdullah. Okay. If that's not apparent by now. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know enough. how else to say it. Fair enough. Fair and then enough. on Pittsburgh, yeah, I mean Juju's interesting if he plays. Yeah. Juju. Uh, but Juju. other than that, you're you're <laughs> pretty much sticking you, with your guys. You know what's there on happening Pittsburgh. this week? What? This is the Amir Abdullah three touchdown week we've been joking about since kickoff. Yep. Oh God, because no. Harmon and franchise had a beer bet. What was it? Seven, eight, uh, over, over seven. Yeah, oh my gosh. Yeah. You're going to lose that bet. Franchise. Seven and but a half. I said, I said, I said after they made the bet, I was like, what's going to be yeah, hilarious. The over was seven and a half. I was so. like, it's going to be hilarious when, uh, Amir Abdullah has like no touchdowns. And then middle of the season, he has a stupid three touchdown game that puts Harmon on tilt the rest of the year. Yeah. Could be this week. And it's going to be great. Uh, Cause it'll be going against franchises. Steelers. Oh, interesting. Right. <laughs> I believe oh, I'm not, I'm not worried. Cracks, cracks knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Lions only have two rushing touchdowns as a team this yeah. season. So there you go. Yeah, Monday bad, night bad football call by me. <laughs> <laughs> Monday night football. Denver at KC at Arrowhead. Gelhar, what do you got? Uh, I mean, 
I, the Chiefs, we know who we're starting. This offense is very kind for fantasy because it leaves sure. little to the imagination or up for question. Pick. Worst pick. Worst pick. Worst Kareem pick. Hunt, uh, start him. Like, stop complaining about Kareem Hunt, people. I saw yeah. Marcus Grant was going on about that. They're yeah. like, oh, he's been disappointing. Like, he's gotten you double-digit double points. Double digits. What are you talking every, about? Every week. If you're disappointed by Kareem Hunt, you're spoiled. You're yeah. spoiled. You're spoiled. spoiled. Being spoiled, don't be a baby. Get it together. Uh, we're starting Travis Kelsey, uh, Tyreek Hill, and Alex Smith. If you're desperate, Demarcus Robinson's an interesting pickup. I love him. He's led the yeah, team. Honestly. He's led the yeah. team in snaps each of the last two weeks. He's looked pretty good when That's you watch the I'm games as well. And then like that game two weeks ago, they lost against the Steelers. He was open a bunch, and Smith just missed him a couple yeah. times. So uh, it's tough to trust one of the yeah, non like yeah. primary guys in the Chiefs' offense. But it's a he's and it's just it's a bad matchup. But on paper, but hey, six teams on bye. Like what I hear are you gonna you. do? I hear you. I think if you're desperate as well. You can convince yourself to stream Trevor Simeon this week. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders could be coming back. The Chiefs have been incredibly susceptible through the air. Yeah. I think they've given up the third most passing touchdowns, nearly 300 passing yards per game. Yeah. Uh, Demarius Thomas is in a great spot. He spends 55% of his snaps at left wide receiver. Okay. That means he gets to go up against Philip Gaines a lot, not Marcus Peters. Terrence Mitchell. Terrence Mitchell. Philip, Philip Gaines. Gaines also bad plays in the slot. slot. Right. But Sorry. he was the one. He was the one who uh, was <laughs> victimized by uh, Simeon and Emmanuel Sanders last year yes. with yeah. like over 200 yards. Yes. Oh. So, in coverage. Either way, that side of the field not great. Bob, uh, so you can start those guys. I mean, C.J. Anderson, sure, maybe Dude, question mark, maybe. maybe. I don't know what to make Puke. of that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's they got the, the they got so off script last week with the punt return touchdown, the um, and being behind and not being able to score against, and also missing their starting tackles. So like, and the week before though, to the Giants. Yes, they got they got knocked off their script twice. So it's it's. I feel like they could get knocked off their script kind of a lot. I yes, I, mean, I was just gonna good. say like. I mean, it's happened two weeks in a row, and they could very easily happen again. So it's risky to start C.J. Anderson, but Ugh. we know if things go right, he's gonna get. Yeah. He should get. 20 Can somebody plus text him and uh, get an idea? Of <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. They okay. get the after they play the Chiefs this week. They play the Eagles. Mm, no, yeah, it's in Philly, Yikes. and uh, the, and Denver is like definitely one of these teams. It's real good at home, uh, and, and not so much on the road. They get New England and Denver, Bengals and Denver. They go to Oakland, then they go to Miami, then they get New York. Yeah, so I mean, it's a real up and down schedule. I think okay. I feel it's like tough. Owning CJ's gonna be a bit of a headache. It is, and again, I mean, you'd probably sit him oh. if you could, but it's six teams on by. So. Jamal Charles revenge game, game in prime time. Oh, yeah, wow. buddy. Actually, I don't think it means everything anything, I just said, but start Jamal Charles. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I don't think it means anything. No, it doesn't it's mean anything. Jamal Charles in a revenge game in prime time? Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. The house that he built. Oh, my goodness. I mean, he didn't build it. That stadium's old. Didn't uh, awesome. the Denver <laughs> coaching staff say, the narrative. oh, he we're going to keep giving more and more touches to Jamal Charles that, as like, the season oh goes on? Oh, my gosh. Narratives are colliding. It's yeah. happening. We talked about uh, the – Yards gained after defenders close. Yes. Jamal Charles, 10th in that category Uh-oh. with 4.45. Let's go. Let him go. <laughs> you <laughs> know what? Screw it. I, there's a league where I have a real bad – well, there's like 50 leagues where I have a real bad running back core uh, because <laughs> running backs suck. But I think I might just play Jamal Charles in that one. Yeah. Let's go. Oh, good luck. Screw it. Why not? I love it. It's either him or uh, – oh, it's him. Oh, okay. That's all <laughs> <laughs> Like All it. right, let's do daily daps and get out of here. Alex, <laughs> get daps, 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 daps. Daily daps. <laughs> Good God. Alex, get Somebody else start. I forgot what mine was going to oh, be. Oh, okay. Matt Franchise, kick us off. I'm just going to daily daps the World Series because it's been an amazing first two games. Okay. Game two was an emotional roller coaster. Oh, my God. Uh, just back and forth. And I think what it's going to be. Game. Like, these are two. 
this World Series is so perfect because the Astros and Dodgers were the two best teams in the MLB all season. That's a good point. Okay. And I think it's just going to be a World Series for the, for the books, man. It'll I'm be so cool. excited to watch the rest yeah, of these games. Yeah, it'd be great if this was a six or seven game series. And yeah. Just, I mean, both these games to start out have just been so dramatic, man. I will say, So though, dramatic. It's got a lot to live up to because last year's World Series was phenomenal. I know. Well. It was a good series. You know, Cubs, Cubs, Indians. Yeah, yeah, it, went, it went seven games, right? Yeah. And it, like, came it did, yeah. down the, the to The Cubs it. had to win in, like, in extra innings, right? Yes. At home I, I at think Wrigley. it was the 10th yeah, inning. No, yeah. it was really good. Like, yeah, I, really good. I was uh, watching that last game, and, like, I, I enjoy baseball. I'm not as into it as a lot of people, like, franchise as well. But that game seven last year, I was watching it, like, Losing my mind yeah. on the couch. I was like it's, emotional. I was like, crazy. I don't care about either of these teams. I know. Like, I'm going to lose it. It's so crazy because like every pitch matters and you get down to the nitty gritty like chess games between the small ball of like where the pitchers. Uh, it's just crazy. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. And I hiked Absolutely. up Runyon Canyon last night with my dog and I can see the lights from Dodger Stadium okay. from 6.8 miles away. And I was like, I'm witnessing game two. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what's crazy too? There was a, I guess near the end of the game, there was a, a brush fire that erupted outside of Dodger Stadium. Traffic, oh, man. Traffic getting out of there, I guess, was just an absolute oh, epic no. nightmare. But anyways, um, I will daily dap, uh, piggybacking off that, I'll daily dap Yasiel Puig, man. Like, yes! I, I know he's been, you know, Wee. it's been an up, such an up and down career in such a short period of time for Puig, but man, he has been an absolute joy to watch in these Dude, playoffs. Let, so man. much fun. Let Puig be Puig. I, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I love if it. If he wants to bat flip after a double, let the <laughs> did you see after, after he hit his home run last night? <laughs> he gently, he like gracefully, like overexertedly, gently put the bat on the ground. As, it he, was was, awesome. as he was staring at the pitcher, he's like, that's, "Hey, that's, yeah, that's yeah." My, okay, I, I, I love. So Queen. it was. Awesome. I already loved Queen, but that's amazing. <laughs> in, it's in it's, baseball, like his bat flipping, like. Well, yeah. Puig does it when he, like, hits doubles and stuff. So people think it's, like, disrespectful. Yeah, know, which is so stupid. Yeah, uh, like, just have fun. Then in that case, flip that damn bat <laughs> anytime you do anything. The... Shoot, you get walked, flip the bat. Flip it. <laughs> flip the bat. There flip was the, the Joey Batista bat flip or whatever from, yes. like, a couple years ago that yep. became, like, a Started national story man. or whatever. Yeah. Basically. Listen, so I'm all about... Uh, so upsetting <laughs> sensibilities. Well, right. Twitter. Sensibilities like, Twitter. Flip that bat on. It's like, I'd equate it to remember when the Panthers were good a couple years ago and no. made to the Super Bowl. <laughs> we're like we're like taking pictures of themselves on the sidelines. Oh, yeah. like, it's like the dad. It's yeah, like yeah. it's like an equal. It equates but to just, that. It's old timers like, ooh, respect the game. Like, yeah. it's a game. Let them have fun. It's right. It's like the same have thing with fun. the NFL celebrations. It's the greatest. Yeah, it's the greatest. Let guys do bat celebrations. Who knows what they'll come up with? The Panthers yeah, had a bat on the sidelines. Remember that? They did. Oh, they yeah, had yeah, yeah, Josh yeah, Norman oh, had really? the bat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, remember, I remember Batgate. Batgate. Yeah, Batgate was no good. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, just between uh, but between the, 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 the him licking his bat and then Dude. like. Which is absolutely disgusting, but what a quack. He's got, like, a tongue shaved into the side of his head That's and dyed right. the lips red. It's amazing. Because he does the tongue thing, he too, He does now. the tongue thing, too. And then, and then he dove for that ball yeah, and missed just it. missed it and was <sighs> so upset that he missed it. He just slammed his glove into the ground. He's made that play I mean, probably been, so many times. I mean, yes and no. I mean, it, But it's just so funny to watch this guy so passionately yeah, yeah. playing the game of baseball out there. Right. Just, Anyways, daps to Puig. So I'm all uh, in. it's it's been cool. It's been a lot of fun to watch. All right, Kelhar, what do you got? I remembered it. I wanted to daily dap uh, one Hocus Pocus, which he was slandering the other day. Great Halloween movie. It's like a cult classic. What do you want from me? What is that face for? Hocus Pocus? Yeah, you I'm don't with like James. Hocus Pocus. What the hell? Who, who's in this movie? Remind That's, me. It's from the like mid '90s. It tanked at the box office, but it became a cult classic <laughs> on like DVD and stuff. No, it's got like <laughs> it's got Bette Midler, Sarah Michelle Gellar. Oh my uh, god, I, I remember this movie. So, now. Yeah, you remember it, right? Oh my uh, god, Thor, a young Thor. Bird 
church is in it. This movie's horrible. What are you talking about? Amazing. It's, it's, talking it's a about Halloween James. tradition. Why are you hating so a focus movie? My fiance loves it. Yeah. What? Mackenzie's got oh good taste. She does. But I will say, I was watching it. I got off work on. Except in men. Wow. Wow. I've been disrespected this whole episode. I I got home from work on Sunday night and I was like, uh, I was just channel surfing. I was like, oh, Hocus Pocus just started. So I turned it on and cracked a beer and enjoyed the hell out of myself. But just <laughs> Daily Daps 2, Hocus Pocus, and uh, what? Christ. Get a what life. <laughs> what? Get a life. Why can't I enjoy a movie? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. You D-bags. <laughs> Was this during the World Series? <laughs> no, it was, it was at like 10 o'clock on Sunday night. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. You suck. Oh. It, it was just for the bit. Oh. Unreal. 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 <laughs> get a life. <laughs> oh, baby. Can you two dap so we can get out yeah, of here? I, I don't think I have it. I, I don't think Matt Army can recover. I, can, okay, I, can, per, I can't recover. Curtis or Chris, what do you got? Hey, you know, we were talking about those Northern <laughs> California wildfires last week. Did you guys see what Clay Thompson's doing? During uh, this, this three-game no. homestand with the Warriors, he's giving $1,000 uh, for every point he scores uh, oh, to, to, to oh, donate right. to Sonoma and Napa counties. That's and awesome. he had 22 points last night. He has two more games. And I think if uh, if you want to join him, you go to pledgeit.org slash clay. So daps to Clay Thompson, man. Cool. That's pretty cool. Damn it, Chris! It. You've always got to dap something like good. Yeah. You know? why, well, like why not? You know? you know, like you got to. What, what are you trying note. to? What are you trying <laughs> to make the rest of us feel like? It's like we're trash. It's 2017. We need to be reminded that some. I'm good the syrup. Everybody else is the bank. I <laughs> that's a great point. Wow, <laughs> nice. Well, let's all let's, come full circle. Let's all take a take a big shot of Chris and get out of here. Great. I've been told to get a life and that I'm pancakes now in this podcast. <laughs> not even the best uh, carb breakfast food. I mean, waffles are clearly superior. Agree. Everybody oh, knows this. Boy. Boy, wow. Okay, for <laughs> that's gonna do it for the show for Matt Franchise for the Whiskey from Wisconsin. Alice Gilhar. For <laughs> oh my goodness, uh, producer Chris as well as Matt Harmon. I am James Go. We appreciate you listening. We'll catch you soon. Hocus Pocus rocks. Screw the haters and losers. <laughs> See you later. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.